motives, the bad experience, working from what I want you to know. Sometimes, well, maybe all the time, that's not going to create the experience our ideal client needs to hear. Or even better, our client that we want to retain for a lifetime. It's critical that we learn how to line up authenticity with the elevated experience we want our potential and real-time clients to have so they want to stay around forever. In today's episode, I'm teaching you an effective communication strategy that is going to help you effortlessly bring in more clients and retain them, but is going to change the trajectory of how you deliver information, both in business and in your life. It's no longer about you, it's about the experience you wanna create that lines up with who you really are. I think you're gonna like this episode. I know it's going to benefit you in many, many ways. And I don't want you to miss a minute. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin. An award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you with me today as always. And I've got a great episode for you today. I mean a great episode about voice and effective communication. I've got a new training that I do not want you to miss. I've been talking about the elevated experience, especially in relation to authenticity. I'm doing a live training. The link is in the show notes, and I'm going to teach you exactly what I do that created this massive referral business. I'm going to teach you how to effortlessly draw in your ideal clients and keep them forever, turn them into lifers. This is all new stuff. I have talked about some of it, but I'm teaching directly to it in this training. I don't want you to miss it. Click the link in the show notes and get signed up. CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash webinar. And I hope to see you there. This is the final episode in the lessons I've learned about voice and communication by having a dog named Birdie. For now, anyway, I'm sure as as the plot thickens and her life continues, I will learn more and more and more. But this is a this is the this was the story that made me go, okay, I've got a mini series in here about how people have communicated with me, what has worked? Where have people epically failed? This would benefit my audience. So last episode, I talked about all the different kinds of leashes and harnesses that all the different trainers have asked me to buy. And all the trainers have had totally different personalities, totally different methodologies. One of them was all about throwing tons of treats in the kennel, Another one was about don't ever get a kennel. You got to do it this way. You've got to follow this 
methodology. You've got to establish your role as the pack leader. Then we had another one that was, well, you've got to really get in the mind of the dog. And it's all about your energy and what's psychologically going on with you and how you're using your voice. You know, I liked that one a lot. Then it became much more totally different style. I don't even know what I want to call that style. I want to use the term punitive because it wasn't punitive, different, rigid. That's the word I want, rigid. And then came the one that I loved, the one that was the great fit, the one that understood the needs of a working dog. And guess what? She told me to get a different kind of leash and harness. She had one of these leashes, one one of these harnesses that she put on Birdie. And it was great. It was amazing. We worked with it. I could do it. Birdie loved it. It really, really was awesome. And it was awesome to watch her work with it. She had a bunch of different harnesses and leads. She was trying to find the right fit where the other ones had one style they worked with. But for this woman, she understood that a working dog with a prey drive like birdies was going to pull and was going to get to whatever, wherever the bird was or the chicken sandwich was or whatever it was. So she told me about this harness and she wanted me to buy it. And she said, now, don't let them talk you into X, Y, Z or something. And as soon as she said that, I thought, hmm, that's kind of a red flag. But I didn't think really much about it again. So I went over to a very, very well-known pet store that I lived right next to. And I found the harness that she told me to get. And I, I, I don't even know what else I bought. But anyway, I went up to the counter. And this woman, I knew who the cashier was. I, she'd waited on me before. And the first thing she said to me was, have you ever worked with a harness like this before? And she basically said it just like that. And I said, yeah, I actually have a trainer right now that's recommended this. And I said, I've worked with a ton of different harnesses, actually, harnesses and leashes. And I didn't even need to say that. All I could have said, all I needed to say was, yeah, I have. And I, because I had the very day before I worked with this harness. And she said, well, I never, ever would recommend anything like this for anyone. And I I wouldn't, I don't think you shouldn't buy this. She started to take it from me. She, and I said, well, no, I, this is what I want. I know this works for my dog. And I've had a trainer work with me. And she said, well, you know, I'm a dog trainer and I'm a, I'm a behavioral dog trainer. I, I guess whatever it's called when you work with aggressive dogs and blah, blah. She's going on and on about, she works over at the so-and-so and and she's been training dogs for all this amount of time. And she knows, and she knows more and it doesn't work. And she would never recommend that. And I said, well, okay, but this is what my trainer has recommended. I really am getting somewhere with this. I promise. And she said, well, you know, even Gail in the back has trained dogs for 25 years. And we've had conversations about this and she would never recommend a harness. And I said, I want the harness. This is what my trainer wants. It works. I know it works. And the woman had a meltdown and shut down 
And it became this fine. And it was fascinating, but not surprising because this woman had waited on me before. And, you know, it was an FBI hostage negotiation then too. It was about something I was buying when I first got the dog and she would never recommend that. Now it wasn't to this degree, but there was such a lesson in it. And I see people communicate, especially in their personal relationships like this, but I see it happen. I see it happen everywhere. Why did she feel the need to do all this questioning? Now, if you can relate to this, or you have somebody in your life that can that you know does this, this is huge. This is a very negative way to communicate. Why was she questioning things that she didn't know? And I think that was really the most important thing in my mind. She did not know the backstory. She did not know the backstory on the dog. You know more about the dog than this woman. She didn't know I'd been through five, six trainers. She didn't know I'd tried every lead. She didn't see me work successfully with this particular harness. And this is what we do. We don't know the backstory. We just lead with what we think is right, with what we want to see happen. We lead with our credentials. We lead with what we know and what we believe is best. But that's not always best. Maybe she has been a dog trainer for 25 years. That's fantastic. But that is not my backstory. That is not what I needed. It should have been irrelevant. She was working from her own experience. She was working from her knowledge. And in truthfulness, I think she was working from needing to matter by being right. Now, I don't know that for a fact. I just know I've been studying voice and communication and patterns for a long time. And I could see her worth tied up in her work, tied up in her identity, tied up in me doing what she wanted me to do so she could be right, so she could feel validated, so she could be important. And I I do really believe at the end of the day that that woman was probably trying to help me, but it came out completely wrong. It came out in such a way where I never went back because I don't want that kind of experience. I don't want to have to come in the store and see that she's at the cash register and go, oh, here we go. I'm going to buy this today and, and I'm going to have to justify my purchase. No. You don't know my story. And I think even sometimes with people that we do know in our sphere, we do it anyway. And the question that I have becomes why? What is the benefit? What was the benefit for that woman to do that to me? What is the benefit when we do that to other people? When we force our opinion, our methodology, our way of thinking and being and doing onto others. We don't know the backstory. We don't know what fits them. It could have been a conversation. She could have asked me a question about it and said, you know, here's here's why I would be concerned about this. 
that could have happened. But in truthfulness, in this situation, it shouldn't have at all. Bring me up. Take my money. Let's go. And yet we still can, in many, many scenarios, find ways to needle in for some reason or another. And I want to know, are you doing the same thing in your life with your family, with your relationships, with your clients, your colleagues? Because if you are, then you want to look at why. What is the benefit of you being right? What is the benefit of you getting your way? What is the benefit of me doing what you want me to do? Is your worth tied up in your work? Is it about control? I see this come out in so many different ways. There's a rigidity about it that does not include listening, that does not include serving. And and I see, you know, I, I think I talked about this in the last episode and cookie cutters and how am I serving you by insisting that you do it my way. I'm not. I'm making it about me. How am I serving you by not listening to your needs and going, oh, okay, I can see why you'd want to go that way. Now, I I see it a different way, but totally okay. And that's been one of the themes in this is the rigidity around it has to be this leash, it has to be this collar, it has to be this methodology. You should do it this way. And we we really need to stop that because that's where effective communication shuts down because I walked out of there unhappy. I walked out of there with a negative experience and there was a far better way to handle that. Maybe she was just trying to help me, but that didn't help me. There was an entirely different way to communicate that. But I think in many, many ways, the way we communicate with other people is about worth. And I I don't really think it. I know it because I've done enough research about it. We want to belong. We want to be important. We want people to do what we want them to do because that makes us feel good. But I really want you to start thinking about motives. What is your motive? There was a motive there. Now, I'm not 100% sure what it was, but it was about me doing what she wanted me to do. It was about her being right. And that's the wrong motive. When you work with clients, when you lead a team, be very aware of your motives because we can hear them. And it might destroy the experience so much for us that we don't come back. I've been talking about elevated experience a lot lately because that's something that people are missing. This was an experience and it was a negative experience. It wasn't an elevated experience. It wasn't an experience that keeps me as a lifetime customer. And I've been sharing stories and I'm I'm sharing more stories on my videos on social media about that experience, negative experiences that cost people lifetime customers. And I compare that to the experience that I try to create for my people. It is not about me. It is about them. 
And this is where we really brush up against authenticity. That may have authentically been her, but what else is there? That's not all she was. There is more to her. And I think we have to really look at this this permission slip of authenticity that we've given everybody to just vomit their truth all over everybody. And if you don't like it, it's your problem. Okay, but I'll never buy from you again. And I'll never recommend you again. I think many, many, many people, especially entrepreneurs, want a referral business. I am so honored to say that I have a 100% referral business and I'm desperate to to bring in new leads, but I've got this referral business. And I 100% believe it is because of the experience that I create for people. You know what you're going to get here and you get it. My One of my team members and I had this incredible conversation this morning about what I sell you versus what I deliver you and how so many times it's inconsistent. I was telling her about something I did recently where the, the person selling it to me but call me five times a day and I'm so wonderful and I'm so good this and I'm all of that and blah, blah, blah. And then I bought it and I never heard from her again. There was a bad motive. Now I knew it because I could hear it and I bought from her anyway. So that's on me. I own that. But what is authentically you in relation to the experience you want to create for your audience? Do I authentically get tired? Yeah. And sometimes my team sees it if they need to have a conversation with me at nine o'clock at night because we're working on something. And, and it makes me crazy because I used to do my best work at 3 a.m., 2 a.m. I was in, I'm a night owl. But as I've gotten older, I get really tired from a perspective of brain power. I'm physically fine. But if they have something complex for me and we have to talk about it at nine o'clock at night, I do get frustrated with myself. And so they see the tired version of me. And that is a part of me. But what is the benefit of me bringing that to you? Now, I do talk about giving your listener permission to be human. And I do like that. But if I'm tired and something else, what do I want to choose? What do I want the experience to be? I recently told a story about, I don't know if I did it on the show. I think I've talked about it on the show. There was a young man I was working with on cold calling. And he said, Tracy, what do I do when I am exhausted and I have to make these calls? You know, young people. (laughs) I used to stay up very late when I, especially when I was younger. And I don't mean that as a criticism. I mean it as a, I wish I could still stay up that late and be that kind of tired and be okay with it. But basically I said, do you have any idea how much sleep I got last night? This was right when I got the dog. And he said, no. And I said, maybe two hours. And he said, what? How are you doing that? And I said, I don't want you to have that experience. How does it benefit you for me to come dragging into your coaching call 
I'm really tired. I mean, I, you know, that doesn't benefit you. So what else am I? Well, I can create an elevated experience of the best version of me because I want this moment to be about you, not about the fact that I'm tired. That's not what this moment is about. So I think we have to find the balance of what pieces of authenticity we put out. That woman in the store was authentically not nice to me. Is that a part of who she is? Is she controlling and needs to be right? If that's what's going on, probably. But what else? What experience did she want me to have as a customer? Quite clearly, a punitive one. Quite clearly, a shameful one. Quite clearly, a a bad choice one. All negative. That's not the experience I want to go in there and have, so I don't go back. Who's not coming back because of the experience that you're creating? Or an even better question is, who's not signing up to work with you because of the experience you're creating? This is a nuanced thing that becomes a massive game changer for you in the selling and the retaining. This is the game changer. And, you know, I'll tell you one final story. You know, I love to tell you stories. And I've talked about this in a video recently, too, and I'll probably talk about it again, but I'm going to mention it because it's the final trainer. I'm on the final trainer now. The one that I loved, I couldn't keep using her because, well, for a lot of reasons, but we're just not in the same area anymore. So I have a new one. And they're great. They're great trainers, but I've already had an experience that wasn't an elevated experience. She said the other day, she said, okay, come in at 530 when you pick up Birdie and I'm going to show you what we're working on and I'm going to teach how to do it so you can make sure you're lining up at home what we're doing up here. That was the reason I hired these people. And I showed up and I walked in with all the things that she had told me to bring. And there was another man in the lobby. She said, so I started saying something like, okay, do we want to put this leash on or, you know, whatever. And she said, oh, you didn't get my message. And I said, no. When did did you call me? And she said, yeah, at 3.30, I left you a message. Well, I have no message. Nobody called me. The phone didn't ring all day. She said, well, yeah, I just listened to the message because I can't work with you now because I've got these people. I got to work with these people. And in that split second, It changed the whole feeling of the experience. Now, that's authentically what happened, but it wasn't communicated in such a way to keep that elevated experience. Now, am I going to fire them? No. But when this round of training is up, am I going to hire them again? I don't know. And a week ago, I would have said, absolutely. We have to consistently create the experience that is going to serve the audience, the listener, the client in order to retain them. We cannot continue to shove our ideas, beliefs, methodologies, and systems on people and force them into the cookie cutter way of being 
if that doesn't work for them, because we don't always know the backstory. Sometimes it's not a good fit, like I talked about in the last episode, but sometimes we just need to shift the experience we're delivering. Sometimes we just need to stop making it about us, or maybe all the time. All right, good stuff to chew on. That's the end of that series for now. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I've I've got a couple other series I'm going to do, but I'll be back soon with more episodes. If you want to sign up and learn how to do an elevated experience, don't miss my free training coming up. Link to sign up is in the show notes. Click it. Don't miss it. New material, all talking about the elevated experience. I hope to see you there. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.